Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 158 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and thanks for giving this episode a listen. Real quickly before I dive in, I did want to give a shout-out and congratulations uh, to uh, Bevan Jones from Legends with Bevo. Uh, He's celebrating his fourth anniversary on his show, and congratulations, Bevo. It's... uh, it's great knowing you, sir. It's it's a lot of fun seeing all the different uh, guests that you're getting there with your show, and I wish you nothing but the best. Uh, love seeing your success. The studio looks fantastic. Yeah, I'm looking around here. I might be able to do something like that with my uh, walk-in closet that I'm using to record in someday if I move my walk-in closet into another building and, you know, upgrade the electric and that type of thing. But, hey, congratulations, man. Love seeing your work, uh, and uh, you deserve nothing but the best. So, folks, before I jump into my tips, I did want to let you know that I restarted uh, my Facebook page. I've talked about this in a couple of episodes. And if you're somebody who I have befriended on Facebook before, I don't have all of those names listed. So I'm trying to remember people's names, and then then having to search them out is not always the easiest thing to do, especially when I'm here in the United States and many of the people who I, well, who are listening to this, of course, are in Australia. So when I go searching for a name, when I go, aha, this is somebody who I was friends with in my other account that I'm now banished from. I'm locked out of for some reason. I have about 20 days to try to figure out what the heck is going on before it gets shut down forever. What I'm trying to say is if you, uh, if you look for my name, Craig Wessels, uh, on Facebook, if you want to, you know, kind of add me as a friend on there again. That would be fantastic. Uh, the image on there will be the dark navy blue with the big lettering uh, podcast logo, a yank on the footy, that was a king from uh, the uh, Eagle Nation podcast created for me there. If you want to go ahead and add me as a friend, that'd be fantastic because I'm trying to remember names and look through lists and such, and I, you know, in my mind anyway, and having a hard time coming up with uh, all of the names, so, and I and I don't, I don't not want to have people added back in. I I really want to be able to engage with all the folks that I've been able to engage with before. Again, I'm hoping to get the other page back, but I've not heard anything yet from the overlords at Facebook because I'm still locked out of being able to even see what the issue happened to be. I can't get past a little connection error that's going to tell me what's actually wrong. So it's been really darn frustrating, okay? So if you want to go ahead and add me, that'd be fantastic. And if you're in one of the different uh, club-specific groups on Facebook and you want to send me an invite, I'd love to get back into those because I like sharing the the episodes there. Helps to generate a little bit of listenership and engagement with uh, supporters of each of the 18 clubs. So that would be a huge help if you, if you would want to do that as well. Now, also, don't forget that if you... Uh, are interested in having your local footy club get a shout-out during an upcoming episode, drop me a note via email or send me a, uh, a DM on Twitter. You can send me a note on Messenger on my new Facebook page. I can't see the old one. Or you can send me a message on Instagram as well. But again, my, by email, a yank on the footy at gmail.com. 
You can also leave me a note over on my website, yankonthefooty.com. And I do hope you'll go over there and subscribe to the uh, mailing list because that way when a new episode gets dropped, you'll have it in your inbox within just a couple of minutes of when it gets uh, released. So I, like I said, I wanted to get into my tips for round five. And here's to hope that hoping that they go better because last week I went six and four. And one of those six I got right was the AFLW grand final. I had a pretty lousy week tipping. So let's go ahead and dive right in. And the game that's going to be coming up here in about eight hours from when I'm recording this is Brisbane and Collingwood. And we're heading off to the Gabba for this one. And the Magpies, they're going to be missing some key pieces. Brody Majacek's going to be out, health and uh, safety protocols. Jamie Elliott, with, Jamie Elliott with his shoulder injury is going to be out for several weeks, it looks like. Now, overall, the Pies are making five different changes. Mason Cox is coming back in. Uh, Nathan Kruger is coming back in, so it's nice to see the former Cat get uh, another game as well. Uh, the Lions are going to be bringing in Oscar McInerney and uh, Kai Lohman, their first-round pick. I believe he was pick number 20 this year in the draft. Uh, he's kicked nine goals so far in the VFL. Uh, he's coming in. You know, Lions, you're you're breaking my heart. Uh, Nakia Cockertoo was dropped from the 22 this week. Uh, I won't hold it against you, but uh, hopefully he gets back in there. Um, he's been fairly solid this year. Not, not you know, the top point earner or anything like that in super coach, but he's done his job. Now, I uh, I think the Lions are going to rebound this week from that uh, loss that they had with the Cats. And you could certainly still debate the, uh, was it a push, was it not a push? You know, I, I got to be honest, it looked like a little bit of a push and then a little bit of a jump. I mean, almost some staging, quite frankly. You know, not quite, you know, Harry Mackay-esque staging, but a little bit of staging nonetheless. I don't think he pushed him that hard. I don't think, it, did his arms even extend all the way? I don't know. But like I said, I think the Lions are going to go ahead and take this one, but I think it's going to actually be closer than people think because the Magpies are still going to be putting a decent side out there in the ground. Jordan DeGoey is going to be coming back in this round. You know, I, I think that the Brisbane Lions are going to win this one by about 11 points, however. Okay, so I'm going to go with Brisbane to win this one by 11. And then we head off to Marvel for North Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs. And I know I've referenced this before, and it's and, and quite frankly... As I was typing this up tonight, I remembered to myself, you know what? I haven't seen that movie forever. So I went and bought a copy of it while I was typing up my notes this evening. Uh, the Bulldogs have been holding open casting calls seemingly for the uh, the soon-to-be remake of the 1971 comedic uh, organized crime film, The Gang That Couldn't Shoot Straight. It's... Uh, it's a Robert De Niro film. I believe he played a priest in this film, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Jerry Orbach, who uh, was in the film Dirty Dancing, you know, Nobody Puts Baby in the Corner, uh, is in this as well. Always loved Jerry Orbach. He was in a long-running TV series here in the U.S. Um, these last couple rounds for the Bulldogs have just not gone well. They've struggled to kick the ball straight or where they wanted it to go, not necessarily straight. Um, are they missing Josh Bruce? I think they are. I really think they are. And I, I, is Tim English, is he best served in the ruck for them? Or would he be better served, you know, getting an opportunity to get, to get down into the forward 50 on a much more regular basis? I don't know. Again, that's, that's logistics. That's, you know, uh, strategizing on the part of uh, 
Luke Beveridge to decide what they want to do with their with their group there. Now, David Noble squad, they came out last week. As I had mentioned, I said one or two things was going to happen, and I really thought what ultimately did happen was going to occur, where he kind of called them out, read them the riot act, that sort of thing. And they came out and they gave the Swans absolutely everything that they could handle. And they dropped a very, very close game. And and I'm consider I'm very concerned about the Bulldogs kicking woes. So if that continues, and I'm gonna I'm until they prove me wrong, until they show that they can actually put the ball where they want it to go, I'm gonna go ahead and make my first of what some people might call a bit of an upset here. I'm gonna go with the Kangas to ruin. Yeah, I know, bad pun, sorry. The Bulldogs' day here. I'm going to go with North to go ahead and take this game by 12 points. I've got North Melbourne beating the Bulldogs by 12 points. And I'm saying that knowing that when I did my preseason ladder predictions, I had the Bulldogs winning the grand final. Well, I don't think that's going to be happening this year. Sure, it certainly still could. But the way things are going right now, they may be struggling to make the eight let alone, you know, finding themselves in a grand final. Now we move back out to Optus for the West Coast Eagles hosting the Swans. And uh, the Eagles, again, as I, if you listened yesterday, I, I applauded them for their hard-fought win against the Magpies last week. I don't even know if, if Eagles supporters really thought they were going to have a chance at winning that one. So I applaud the efforts of the Eagles seeing the reaction at the end of the game and just that relief that they, they, they earned that victory. I'm not an Eagle supporter, but it was great to see. And, uh, you know, this is a, this is a veteran side. They're going to be without Nick Nat for the next couple of months at a minimum. Um, they're playing at home. You know, they're going to be in front of, you know, supporters who are buoyed by their, their round four win. You know, the Swans are going to be without Tom Hickey again as well as Buddy Franklin, who's going to be out for a couple weeks after having uh, some surgery on his finger. But I, I still think that this is a, a too strong a side for West Coast if you know, with them being as healthy as they are. So I'm going to go with the Swans to head out West and go ahead and win this one. But I think it's going to be close, okay? The Eagles have a veteran side. They've just been so decimated with, with COVID restrictions and injuries and that sort of thing that as it's coming back in, we kind of have to see who's going to be available. But the, uh, the, the Eagles have the skill set and the veteran leadership to go ahead and win this game. But I'm going to go with the Swans to take this one by seven points. Okay. I'm going to go, like I said, I'm going to go with the Sydney Swans to win that one against West coast by seven. And then we move on to, well, let's just put it this way. Let me go ahead and mention it here you know, and go ahead and admit it. Uh, back in December, when they released the fixture, I know you sat down with your, your highlighter and you circled St. Kilda and gold coast as the game of the round for round five, you thought this is it. This is going to be the big game. Okay. It wasn't going to be Collingwood and Brisbane. It wasn't going to be Hawthorne and, and Geelong. It wasn't going to be Melbourne and G, you know, GWS. It wasn't going to be Fremantle and Essendon. It was going to be St. Kilda and Gold Coast. You wrote that down. I know you did. Okay. Neither did I, but here we are anyway. Okay. And I think this is going to be a really interesting matchup. And I think it would be, well, I think it's going to be close, but it would be, I don't know. The fact that Patty Ryder is not going to be there, I think, puts the Saints behind a bit of an eight ball here. 
makes their life a little bit more difficult. But what I think it's going to do is it's going to give Jared Witts the opportunity to thrive in the ruck again this week against a club that does not have their top ruck out there. We saw that uh, last week with Carlton where, where Pitnett was not there and, and, and Wicks, Wicks had, I believe, what was it, like 942 hitouts? I know it wasn't that many, but it was in the 40s, if I'm not mistaken. You know, the Suns, they clicked last week. And this is, this is a great time for them to con- continue their ascendancy. You know, I think that, you know, if the, uh, if the Saints, though, can, can hold their own with regards to clearances— and that's not going to be an easy thing to do against what I think is maybe the most underrated midfield in the comp because it's Gold Coast. You know, who talks about Gold Coast? But if you look at that that core that they've got there, they had three guys that combined for 99 disposals last week, and one of them was not named Jay-Z for one, and the other one was certainly not named Matt Rowell either. You know, you had, you had three players get 99 disposals between them, and and and. Matty Rowell, the number one pick from three years ago, was not, or two years ago, was not one of them. So, like I said, if they can hold their own in getting getting clearances, I think they've got a real good shot at winning this game. It's an 11.45 start for me Friday night, so I can't wait for this one. This is going to be one where I'll sit down at about 11.30, make myself a nice cup of coffee, you know, park myself at my desk here in front of my uh, computer and my, my spare monitor and put the game up there, and I'm just looking forward to it. Now, I do think that the Saints find a way to get past this group. Um, and it's, it's just a darn shame that Ben King isn't healthy because this would have been a huge mac- matchup with his, with his brother there because, you know, he was starting to come into his own. We're certainly seeing what Max is going to do right now. And, in fact, I've got the, the Saints winning this one by five points on an after-the-siren goal from Max King. So I've got St. Kilda winning this one by five. Then we move on to the Adelaide Oval for the Crows and the Tigers. And a mat- rematch of, I believe, the 2017 Grand Final, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the Crows are heading home after playing in what was arguably the best game of the round. And the Tigers reminded us that, you know what, we're still a very formidable side. You know, young Mr. Bolton started starting to establish himself as you know, must-see television when he's got the ball in his hand. It's got to be fun to watch when you're at the ground as well. Both of these clubs are coming in pretty healthy. Not a lot of injuries there. Uh, of course, you know, Dusty's still out right now for the Tigers. Not sure when he's going to be back. Haven't heard anything as far as whether he will be back or not this year or at all. Tex is going to be getting to play at home where he's probably going to get a slightly warmer reception than he got last week. Um I think this is going to be a close game, okay? But I think that as of this point in time, I do think the Tigers are a better side. So I'm going to go with Richmond to take this one by 11 points, okay? And it could go either way. Adelaide can certainly win this game, but I think Richmond, their veteran leadership, they've got enough of that leadership out there. Jack Rewalt's back healthy again. Uh, Tom Lynch is having a, a pretty good year this year as well. Deion Presti has been, you know, pretty darn good as well. I, I, I just think the Tigers, they're not going away quite yet. Okay. Now we move on then to the MCG for the D's and GWS. And I have to correct myself from last night when I did my uh, review, I was off by one week, one round. I thought that this was the, uh, the week. I thought that round five was the week where Toby Green got off of double secret probation 
but that's not until next week. So he won't be back until round six. It doesn't change my tip, however. I wasn't uh, seeing seeing here that, hey, Toby's going to be back and the GWS is going to take the Ds, take the Ds to behind the woodshed and, and defeat them. Well, he's still not back, and I'm not changing my views here, okay? The Ds are our, our final unbeaten side for the year, and that's not going to change this week either. Now, I do think they need to step up their game, though. This is an extraordinarily talented club, and, and I... I think on any given day, they can beat any other one of the 17 clubs in the comp. Are they going to go undefeated this year? I doubt it. But the potential is certainly there. If this club stays healthy, there's no reason why this club can't win darn near every game they play this year. But if they play like they did against Port Adelaide last week, they're beatable. Because I think they played down to their competition quite a bit. This, this, this was that if you're a D supporter, yeah, you got the four points. But were you really happy with the way they played? There were missed opportunities. There were things that went on where you were going, God, we could have done something better here. This could this could have gone better. You know, didn't even put 70 points on the board against a club that was absolutely scuffling. Now I do think the D's, like I said, are going to take care of business here. And I've got them winning this one by three goals. I've got them taking this one against GWS by 18 points. Okay. Then we move back again to the MCG. Hopefully the, the turf maintenance people are doing a great job putting it back together. And we've got Carlton and Port Adelaide. Now, Patty Cripps is going to be missing this game due to his hamstring injury. He may be out for a couple of weeks. I've not heard anything definitive yet in terms of how long he's going to be out, but Somebody of his abilities, I think you want to make sure that he is as close to 100% as possible before you bring him back in the side because you don't want to exacerbate an injury that's going to cost him even more time down the road. I think you want to get him healthy and have him back out there where he's able to play without having to think about the injury and just get out there and do what he does well. Uh, Port is hoping to get Robbie Gray back. In fact, he's been dropped off of their, their injury list. Uh, it sounds like a Lira Lear baby back in the 22 this week as well, which would be a huge boost for the Port Adelaide power. Now, we're going to see if that ends up happening, but based upon the stuff that I've seen, it sounds like they're both going to be playing. Now, the Blues, they came back to earth against the Suns last week, and this is not to take anything away from the Suns because the Suns played one hell of a game. The Blues are still a talented side, okay? They're still a talented side, but they're they're still trying to work to put everything together. And quite frankly, if you're a Port Adelaide supporter, I think you have to be thrilled that your club is heading out of town this week, that your club is going out on the road to play at the MCG, okay? Because one, if it doesn't go well, you're probably not there watching them in person, okay? And that was not my main reason here. But secondly, this is going to give the club an opportunity to, to kind of rally the troops to come together, to focus away from any kind of distraction back home on trying to get the job done. Okay. You know, the, the comp is really, is they, they've tempered their enthusiasm for Port Adelaide this year. A lot of people are writing the club off again, they're on four. They're at the bottom of the ladder. They're, they're, they're getting fitted for their wooden spoon right now. Are they going to stay there? I doubt it. 
I still think there's too much talent on this side for them to stay where they are this year. But they need to get that first win. Okay? Now, I've already made my one interesting tip this round with tipping the ruse to knock off the Bulldogs. Well, here comes number two. Okay? I think that this is the week that Ken Hinckley and this club rallies together and they figure out a way to grind out a win against a, a Blues club who's going to be missing their, their team captain and their spark plug. And uh, I don't know if uh, the Ruck is going to be back, if Pitnet's going to be back in the Ruck or not. I, I hadn't seen that. I'll be honest, I did not check to see if he was there. In fact, I'm going to look here real quickly. Uh, let me roll up here to Carlton real quickly. Uh, da, 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 da. Says he's back. He said he's listed his test, so he may be back in the side. Um, if he is, that that could change the outcome here a little bit. But I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go with a hunch here. Okay, I'm gonna go with a hunch here, and I think Port Adelaide figures out a way to get themselves their first win of the year. So I've got the Port Adelaide Power beating Carlton this round by ten points at the MCG, and this is this is exactly what Port Adelaide needs to try to, to turn this ship around for them. Now, is it gonna, are they going to be able to pull themselves out of an 0-4 hole and work their way back up the ladder? I don't know. I mean, they're, remember, they're playing a, uh, a schedule where they're, they're doubling up against some of the top teams in the comp. So, yeah, I believe they see Melbourne again this year. I think they see Brisbane twice. I know they play Geelong twice. So... The, the comp is, you know, the, the, the fixture is, is tough for them. But I think that just the, the, the veteran leadership on this side is going to figure out a way to get this win here because it's something that the, the club needs. Um, is it going to be something that's going to stabilize, you know, Ken Hinckley's position and get people thinking, well, he's going to be our guy here next year? I have no idea on that. But I just think that this is the weekend that, that, that Port Adelaide just finally just shakes themselves out of the doldrums and gets a win here. And then we move on to the second to last game, and this is back at Marvel, and we've got the Bombers hosting the Fremantle Dockers. Now, the Bombers, they got their first win in round four. And the Dockers, of course, they throttled GWS by more than five goals, which is why I did not have a problem tipping against them against Melbourne. I Some people might think that maybe there's a shot for them, but I, just GWS, I I. They're enigmatic, okay? The big question here is whether or not uh, Fremantle's game, what they in terms of what they're doing, is going to travel east or not. They've been fast. They've been fun to watch. I'll be honest, I really liked the, the jumpers they had on last week with the gold stars on there. That was really sharp, okay? It was a really, really sharp-looking jumper there. I think this is a week that they're their game travels east well, okay? This is a club that's starting to convince me that I was flat out wrong of where I put them on the ladder. Now, I do think this is going to be a good matchup here because Essendon is much better than their 1-3 and three record. But I am going to go with the, the Dockers to get the win here by 9 points and push their record out to 4-1, and one, okay? I just, I, I have a hunch... These youngsters in their midfield are, are are playing out of their mind. It's 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 a fun club to watch. It's a fun club to watch, and you know, I I just I have a hunch that they're going to go ahead and take this one. Now, if you're an Essendon supporter and you're listening to this, 
and you're, you know, giving me whatever, you know, hand gesture you're giving the, uh, your phone right now that you're not happy with me tipping the dot or not tipping the bombers in this game, please rest assured that this tip should make you happy. Okay. This tip, me, me tipping Freeman will be Essendon should make you happy because usually whatever I tip the dockers to do, the opposite, unfortunately happens. Okay. So even though I have tipped Fremantle to win this one by nine points, that probably means that Essendon is going to go ahead and win it anyway. So, because I seem to always get Fremantle wrong. I, I always read them wrong and I, I don't know, but I, like I said, I think their game's going to travel East here and I think they're going to go ahead and take this one. So the cats hit the road again. They, they got, they got to play back to back to back to back quarters at home. They have to play four quarters at home before they hit the road again. So the first three weeks of the, the first three weeks of the uh, the fixture, they were away from GMBHA Stadium. They got to go home for a game, and now they're on the road again for the next two rounds. I think they go home again on the 29th of April to play Fremantle, if I'm not mistaken. Now I know that's going to balance out a little bit later on this year because I know the Cats actually have ten of their games, ten of their home games at. GMBHA this year. Okay, so I think they got one of their games back from the MCG. So they're playing one more home game at uh, at Geelong than, than they normally do. And when I talked to Mel doing the Cats preview episode, that was one of the things that she talked about being a big push that the front office had with the league to ensure that they got at least one of those home games back. And they're hoping that once the... Uh, construction of the new grandstand or the new stands uh, is complete, which let's be honest, it's a big hole in the ground right now. It's not complete yet. Uh, it won't be, I think next year, I think it's going to open back up. Um, they're hoping to get all 11 of the home games there. So, you know, the Hawks, they need to bounce back. They got dismantled by the Saints last week. You know, I don't think, I don't think that anybody saw that game being that, with that much of a disparity in the scores. I really don't. I just I didn't I didn't see it being that wide of a of a uh, disparity. I think I did tip the Saints, however, um, and you'll let me know if I'm wrong on that. But I think that I did. I'm not going to pull up my data from the other thing here. But uh, the the uh, Hawks are going to be without Will Day. Uh, sounds like Chad Wingard might be back for them. The Cats should be getting Tom Stewart back in, and Joel Selwood was managed last week. Uh, got to rest a little bit during round four. He should be back in the side. And at this point, quite frankly, the Cats, they're a stronger side. Okay, they're a stronger side. That two-headed key forward uh, monster they've got with Tom Hawkins and, and Jeremy Cameron is just is just fun to watch. I mean, that's just... Pick your poison. I mean, it's... it's uh... There's an old song from a singer by the name of uh, Tennessee Ernie Ford, where you know, called "16 Tons," and it's about a guy who was a coal miner, this big, strong coal miner. And he makes he has this line here, you know, that he's talking about if he ends up fighting with you, that you know, if if the left one don't get you, then the right one will. If he's in a fist fight with somebody, um, it's kind of how it is with Hawkins and with uh, with Cameron. You know, if Cameron's not hitting you up for five or six goals in a game, then Hawkins is doing it. And if Hawkins isn't doing it, Cameron's doing it. And if either one of them are scuffling, you know, hopefully Tyson Stengel's able to sneak in there and do that. Or Brad Close is able to step in there and do that. So I've got the Cats winning this one by 14 points. Again, this is a early Monday uh, game for me to watch on uh, Easter Monday. 
I will be on break, so I will definitely be watching this game live. I'm very excited about that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I mean, I, I, the first four rounds have been a lot of fun. Um, you know, seeing all the different uh, tumult that's happened with uh, some of the moves uh, with regards to the AFLW. With the new clubs coming in, you know, we've got, you know, Matty Perspakis is looking to head over to Essendon, as is Bonnie Toogood from the Bulldogs. You know, these clubs, you know, they're, they're going to stabilize here. And again, it, you know, and I've, I've seen a lot of people who were upset by this, this player movement that's taking place, that there's not loyalty to the club and that sort of thing. And, well, I heard somebody make a great argument. They're not, unfortunately, they're not full-time professionals as of yet. So... Somebody in a situation like this may be deciding that, you know, going to play. And again, I don't know all of the specifics, but I would not be shocked if there are not players who, you know, have that second job that you know, the, the actual, you know, nine to five job that they're doing day in and day out before training that may be moving to, you know, from club A to club B puts the club B training facilities within a much shorter distance between their home, their place of employment and training, making the, you know, the, the, the transport between places a much more palatable thing to do. Okay. Now I know that, uh, young Ms. Prispakis, I believe her family, her family background is she was an Essendon supporter growing up. So she's thrilled to be donning the sash, but, uh, you know, I think, I think there have to be some players who are looking to, find a spot where it makes it easier for them to get to and from work. So we'll see. So there's my tips for round five. Now, again, these are simply for entertainment purposes because as evidenced by last week and seemingly every week, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Okay. Hopefully you liked my, my take on the games. I probably tipped your club to not win. And I apologize for that. Or if I did tip your club to win, I apologize for that also because I'll probably be wrong. So folks, uh, I do have a great interview that's going to be coming out here in just a few days. Um, I'm not sure how my tips and my review episodes are going to be going next week. Uh, it could be a quick turnaround because I'm going to be heading out of town for a few days to help my son uh, move into uh, a new apartment. Uh, he's an officer in the military, and he's actually been renting a, a room uh, from one of the other officers on his ship, uh, which has worked out well for both of them because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's been a great setup for him, but, uh, that gentleman, and his wife are expecting their first child here fairly soon. And well, as they've informed him, uh, that bedroom is going to be the baby's nursery. So we don't care where you go, but you ain't going to stay here. So I'm going to make the nine or 10 hour drive, depending on the traffic. Uh, to go help him get moved and settled into his new apartment. And uh, looking forward to seeing him. I haven't seen him uh, since February. I saw him for a couple days back in February. And I saw him at Thanksgiving back in late November prior to that. Um, but really excited to, to do that. So I will probably do my review and my tips probably coming out on Monday. Uh, my time next week, since I will not be at work that day, cause I'll be on the road Tuesday. Uh, but this interview, I will have this interview out before I go though. Um, it's a really interesting interview because I, I spoke with somebody who 
when you hear the name, you're going to go, who is that? Well, this gentleman has a very unique perspective of footy because, and I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll let you know uh, here before I uh, wrap this up. Uh, he is the father of Danny Marshall, who was the first American woman to play in the AFLW with the Western Bulldogs. She was with the Bulldogs for a couple of years. She's now playing on Essendon's VFLW side, uh, hoping to get, I believe, an AFLW contract for next year. But her dad uh, had just gotten the opportunity to go visit Danny uh, and her husband uh, for a couple of weeks. And he got home last week. And I really wanted to talk to him to get his insight about, you know, what the, uh, what his thought process was with regards to her going and playing footy. Cause I had Danny on the podcast back in, I believe episode 17, way back when the podcast started in, in this would have been in early 2020 that I had her on. So just a couple of months into the podcast, but I, like I said, I wanted to talk to her dad to get his take on her decision to go to Australia because in as you know, with COVID, he, you know, he and his wife have not seen um, Danny and her husband for quite some time, okay, because of COVID restrictions. Of course, through FaceTime, through Zoom calls, that sort of thing, you can you can still meet up, but you know the the you know in the same room giving somebody a hug, that sort of thing, that hadn't happened in a couple of years. So I was I was really wanting to get his insight in terms of what it was like as a parent you know, with a child making that type of a decision. It's just some fa fascinating discussions. I'm really looking forward to getting that to you this weekend. Uh, but like I said, I'll be out of town for a few days uh, coming up in uh, the next week. But I will do my my review and my tips episodes and get those out to you before I get on the road. Um, but folks, don't forget that you can find anything related to the podcast over at my website, yankonthefooty.com. I do hope you'll head over there and check it out. You can leave me a voicemail there. Uh, you can share your views there. I do hope you'll sign up for the mailing list. And I do hope you'll also consider leaving me a review. If you like the podcast, if you're enjoying what I do, it would be a huge help if you could take a couple minutes and just express your feelings and your thoughts about the podcast. And you can do it right there on my website, okay? You can actually do it right there. Up at the top of the, uh, the page, there's a button there for you to leave a review. Can you, you can leave a review right on the website or there's one that'll link and take you out to Spotify or to Apple Podcasts to leave a review as well. And I get I can then share those out on my socials, well, on Instagram and on uh, Twitter right now. Not so much on Facebook, as we talked about earlier. Uh, and it hopefully encourages other people to check out the show. And, and word of mouth on your part is a huge help as well, okay? And if you're interested in, in you know, you know, sharing your thoughts with, with your friends and family about the podcast. If you enjoy what I'm doing, if you're having fun listening to this, still trying to figure out why this crazy American is, is talking about this game that he loves, um, that would be a huge help as well. And again, if you want to help out the show, um, you can check out my Buy Me Coffee page. That's a little yellow, it's a yellow button in the bottom left-hand corner, or maybe some of my podcast gear over on my Redbubble page as well. And folks, again, you can reach me at yankonthefooty at gmail.com at yank underscore on on Twitter and on Facebook, excuse me, on Instagram at a yank on the footy, but you'll need to look for my name, Craig Wessels 
on Facebook to reach me there because my old one is still not up and running yet. And again, if you haven't done so yet, please sign up for the mailing list so I can get those episodes out to you quick. And uh, folks, I want to thank you for listening. Uh, This season so far has been a hell of a lot of fun. I, I got to talk to some terrific supporters of their clubs. And Richmond, I'm going to line you up first next year. I will not do a club preview interview until I have spoken with a Richmond supporter first next year. That's going to happen. So, folks, like I said, I hope you'll consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family or your favorite episode. And I thank you for the kind words that you continue to share. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never, ever, ever hit that post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 158 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or to yankonthefooty at gmail.com and on Instagram at yankonthefooty or check out the website at yankonthefooty.com. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening, and I do hope you'll share the podcast with your friends and family. And until next time, goodbye.